You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. How we defined that word liberal is found in the Webster Dictionary, and it's marked by generosity. Marked by generosity. If there was ever a word that... Um, if there was ever a word that defined who Jesus is, it was he, he was a man that was marked by generosity. And he was marked by generosity specifically when it comes to people. And so what we've done the past two weeks is we looked at certain groups of people in, in which Jesus was super generous with. And, and so the first uh, week one was with strangers. Jesus was generous with people he didn't even know. I think it's very easy to be generous with people we do know, but he was generous with people he didn't even know. Last week, we looked at this idea that Jesus was generous generationally. So Jesus was generous with the upcoming generation. And this week, I'm excited to conclude it, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, if you got your Bibles, cool. If not, no worries. We got it up on the screen for you. So here it is, a very familiar story. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short or vertically challenged, uh, he could could not see over the crowd. Verse 4. So he, he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And then I want to read one more verse, verse 6. So we came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. They're looking at Jesus when Jesus went with Zacchaeus and they're like, what is he doing? What is he doing? Let's pray one more time, and then we'll jump into the message. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to be here this morning. Jesus, right now, we know, as it says in Scripture, that your word is only as good as our heart. And so right now, we ask for good soil in our heart, that the word that comes out, that it would fall on good ground that it would produce a harvest. God, so that we can leave here different and changed, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone say amen, amen. I don't know about you. I love going to a retail store, and uh, I love it when I'm in line And I'm waiting. And the people that work at the store are in an intense conversation. And they're just talking with one another. And they're showing each other the vacation that they just came back from. Or they're showing them an article that they... Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And then they look, they gaze over and look at you. And the reaction is not, I'll be right there to help you. The reaction is like, Ugh. and 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 the, like it's like it's like I've inconvenienced them, and I feel bad about it. So 
I'm not going to name the name of the store because, well, there's no point to it, really. But the other day, actually two weeks ago, I was at uh, this one store, and I was in line. I was, I was buying ink for uh, a printer, and, uh, and I, I'm in line, right? And uh, these two employees, they were just, over there, and I, I, I'm one of those guys that I just, I believe that every single person has the uh, potential to step foot through discovery, right? And so that helps me, like, not be a meanie, right? And so, so I'm in line, and I'm just smiling, just waiting. Finally, I, <clears throat> I, I did something like that, and she turned and looked at me, and she did the And she, she said she mumbled something to me about like this over, over this way, sir. Like she mumbled it and she said it so quietly. I didn't really understand what she said. And, and I wasn't being rude. I just said, I, I'm sorry, do you want me to follow you? And she's like, oh, yes. I was like, oh, hold up. See, I'm not, I'm not the type of person that likes confrontation. I, I don't, I'm not big on confrontation. But there's something about when people challenge me that there's some, like, still the flesh that God is working to, like, remove from my heart where I'm like, oh, okay. And so, like, and so in my mind, I'm like, oh, hold my hoops, right? Like, my hair back, like, it's going down, right? I was ready to, to lose it on this lady that I inconvenienced because I was buying stuff at her store. Oh, she's here right now, actually. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> and, uh, but in that moment, in that moment, right, like in that moment, I, was, I caught myself. I was like, John, you have two choices to make right now. You can either react to what she's showing you or you can just love her the way that God loves her. No joke, that's what's going through my head. And so I ended up just going up there and she was bringing my stuff all angry and I'm just smiling, thank you. I left. I was like, have a great day. <laughs> and I left. But I was thinking about this idea of loving people who just rub you the wrong way. I was thinking about just loving people that you can't stand. Right? Like for me, I'm giving you a superficial, like, uh, uh, um, example of someone that I just wanted to clothesline. But for you, it may be someone different, someone closer, someone that you really love, someone that you are, are very tied to. And I was thinking about how do we love people that we can't stand? See, this story, the text that we just read in Luke chapter 19 it very much unfolds and gives us this glimpse into two reactions that you and I can have when it comes to people that have caused you pain, that has caused you hurt, that has rubbed you the wrong way. And so what I want us to do as we journey through this text of Luke chapter 19, 
I want you to personalize this because I think if we're honest, we all have people in our lives, whether it's our boss, our ex-spouse, our professor, who just, we just can't stand because they're just so mean and so rude to us. And so what I want us to do, I want us to personalize this. And, and so every time that I say Zach or Zacchaeus, I want you to substitute that for that person in your life that you just have a hard time loving. And, and, and so as we journey through this, I, I want us to, I want to give us three questions that we can ask ourselves when we encounter these Zacks in our life. And so he, here it is, Zacchaeus, he's, Zacchaeus, he, do, how many of you guys were raised in church? Cool, just, I love that, just a handful, that's amazing. Uh, and, and so I, I remember in, in, uh, in uh, kids' church that Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. You guys remember that? That's probably totally politically incorrect right now, but uh, it probably changed now. Zacchaeus, anyways. So, so here, here, here is Zacchaeus, right? Like, he, he, he's vertically challenged, but not only is he vertically challenged, but he has an occupation in which uh, rattled most people during this time period. See, the, the text says that Zacchaeus, he, he was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. Now, the, the, the reason why he was wealthy was because during this time period, the occupation of a tax collector was one of greed and corruption. And, and so, so Zacchaeus, he was like the chief tax collector. So, so socially, people did not love this guy Zacchaeus. In fact, I, I would almost say that when people saw Zacchaeus, they, they were reminded of the pain that he caused. See, because I'm sure that there are people in that society that ran into Zacchaeus and they're like, oh, you're the one that, because I didn't pay the extra taxes that you wanted, you threw my husband in jail. Hey, you're that person that, that, that caused him to, to, to search my business because I couldn't pay my taxes. You're, and, and so when they saw Zacchaeus, there was just a sense of pain. And so here's Zacchaeus. He's, uh, he's vertically challenged. People just don't like him. And the text says that Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming and he wanted to see who Jesus was. Now, I've read this story a million times. And this is the first time that it popped out to me when I was reading that it said that Jesus, or excuse me, that Zacchaeus, this is the first time Zacchaeus saw Jesus. It says Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. In other words, there was a curiosity in Zacchaeus. There was a curiosity of Zacchaeus of, 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 of wondering who this Jesus is. 
Now, I want to take it a step further because remember, uh, Jesus, one of his disciples was also a tax collector, right? Matthew. So before Jesus met Matthew, Matthew was a tax collector, just like Zacchaeus. And so this got me thinking, like, I wonder if the curiosity that Zacchaeus had towards Jesus, if it was not just a curiosity of who Jesus is, but it was a curiosity that stemmed because he heard the story of Matthew. See, I wonder if, if Zacchaeus in the tax collector Facebook group saw that Matthew was leaving all his wealth, leaving his occupation, to follow this guy named Jesus. And I wonder if Zacchaeus was like, why, who is this guy Jesus that is so good that Matthew would quit his job and follow this man? See, this leads me to the first question that we can ask ourselves. Am I creating a culture of curiosity for Zach? Am I creating a culture of curiosity for Zach? Is your life, is my life creating this culture where people become curious of who Jesus is? And I was thinking about how do we create this culture of curiosity? And I really believe it, 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 it's created and it stems from our ability to live audaciously. It stems from our ability to have live great faith in our lives. See, I think curiosity stems when someone could look at your life and they know that you're going through hell on earth. Whether it's from something that you're going through as a sickness or an illness, or they know the struggles in your marriage, they know what you're going through financially, and yet they, they're looking at your life and the curiosity starts because they're like, how could they be going through so much hell, and yet they still love Jesus? Living audacious with audacious faith. Get like this idea of just living so that my life can be, can, can, can create curiosity in those around me. Is my life, is your life creating a culture of curiosity for Zach? And so the story continues. Here's Zach, he's, he's, uh, he hears that Jesus is coming and, and then he, he tries to see Jesus, so he's trying, like there's a crowd there. Jesus was always, Jesus always brought crowds. Wherever Jesus was, there were always crowds. And so, so Zacchaeus, he, he's trying to see who Jesus is. He's vertically challenged, and so he's trying, the text says that he's trying to, to break through the crowds and trying to get past people, but he has no luck. He has no luck of, of, of going and, and, and getting a front row of who Jesus is. And I begin to wonder, like, if this idea of, of Zacchaeus, his, his inability to break through the crowd, if it was less of him not being able to and more of people trying to block him out. 
I wonder if when they saw Zacchaeus breaking through the crowd, they're like, oh, there's Zacchaeus. Come on, block him. Hold my hand. Don't let him, don't let him go. You guys ever done that when you're driving, merging onto a freeway? Traffic, someone's coming up on the side. They're gonna, they're gonna wait to the last minute to break into the lane. I've never done this, but I, I'm sure there's people here who, who in the moment, you, you kind of just got in both lanes to block it off because you're like, they're not, they're, they're gonna wait in line. Never done that. But this, this is almost what I think is going on here. Zacchaeus, he's, he's, he just wants to see Jesus. And yet people, they're just not letting him get through. Here's the second question that we could ask ourselves. Am I making it easy for people to see Zach? Am I making it easy for Zach to see Jesus? Excuse me. Am I making it easy for Zach to see Jesus? Are you making it easy for people in your life, the ones that you love, but also the ones that you can't stand to see Jesus in your life? The attitude that you have towards them, are they seeing Jesus in your life? The way that you respond to that person that you can't stand, are you responding in a way where they see Jesus in your life? Jesus says this real cool thing in John 13, 35. This is in your notes. But he says that you'll know me. They will know that you're my disciples by the way you love. Jesus, he's letting us know, hey, people will know who I am by the way that you live. In seminary, I had one professor tell me that, John, there may be people in your life that the only Jesus that they will ever see is the one in you. Are people seeing Jesus in my life? Am I making it easy for people to see Jesus in my life? Are you making it easy for people to see Jesus in your life? And so Zacchaeus, he has no luck breaking through the crowd. And so he does what any person would do. Not really. But he climbs this tree. He climbs this tree. He gets up to the top. And, and, and he's waiting to see Jesus pass by. And here is Jesus. He's, he's walking through the Texas that Jesus, he was just passing through. So like it was not his intentions to stop. It wasn't, wasn't his intentions to like, to hang out there. The, the text says that Jesus was passing through. And in, in the moment that Jesus walks past Zacchaeus, he notices Zacchaeus in this tree. And the text says that Jesus stopped. Looks up and he sees Zacchaeus. I wish I could have been there in that moment. Zacchaeus in the tree, like, oh, he saw me. Wrapped around a branch. And Jesus, he says this in verse, uh, chapter 19 and verse 5 of the Gospel of Luke. He says that, uh, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down. 
And then he says this, I must go to your house. I must go to your house. Now, I looked up uh, Luke 19, verse 5, in 10 different translations. And in eight of those translations, that word must was in there. So in eight of those translations, Jesus said, I must. The other two translations were, that didn't use the word must, but it was still given this, this context and this idea, like I have to. I have to go. Zacchaeus, I have to go. And it's amazing because Jesus, he calls down Zacchaeus, and in that moment, uh, in that moment, Zacchaeus, he, he experiences something that he hadn't experienced in a long time. See, this whole, this whole time of Zacchaeus' adult life was, were people looking at him and, and hating him and, and showing him unkindness. And yet in this one moment with Jesus, he experiences and encounters the kindness of Jesus. He experiences the kindness of Jesus. And watch what it says in verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Now this is something out of the ordinary for Zacchaeus. As a tax collector, remember, their whole job was like, for me, get what I need, get what I want. And in this moment, Zacchaeus has a change of heart. And I was looking at this, and I was what, like, what is the one thing that changed from Zacchaeus in the tree to where Zacchaeus is like, hey, you can have it all. I'll give it all up. I'll give it, I'll pay back the people that I robbed. What is the one thing that changed? Jesus' kindness towards him. And it reminds me of what Paul writes in Romans chapter 2 and verse 3. It says this, Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Watch this. Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? In this moment, Zacchaeus, who was kicked and beaten verbally and looked upon as trash, in one moment, Jesus showed him kindness. And in that moment, he had this epiphany that there has to be something greater that I'm living for. There has to be something more. And it's God's kindness that draws men to repentance. See, I had someone ask me, why don't you preach about sin more? Why don't you preach about hell more? 
And I do want to preface with, I do believe there's sin. I do believe there's a heaven and a hell. But I don't believe in scaring people. I don't, I don't believe in like making people make decisions because like I made them feel like crap. Because clearly it's this, this verse says, God draws men to repentance through his kindness. It's not the guilt that I put in you. It's me painting this picture of how kind Jesus is. It's me painting a picture of letting you know how much he loves you as you are. It's me painting a picture to let you know that no matter your past, no matter what you've gone through, he loves you unconditionally. And if I can paint this picture for you, should draw you to Jesus. Because as the Apostle Paul wrote it, it should draw you because you understand how kind he is, how much he loves you, how much he cares for you. And if that's what he shows us, and if that's what he shows me, It's my responsibility to reflect that towards others. It's my responsibility. And if you're here this morning and you would identify as a Jesus follower, as a Christian, it's, it's your responsibility too. To paint a picture of God's kindness to So that they can step back and they can look and they can see. Wow, this is amazing. He loves me. He loves me. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.